Hey, Downpour family, it is such a joy to bring God's Word to, to your homes, wherever you're watching from. Massive shout out to our church on Zoom family, which is ever growing. So it's such a joy to do this opportunity and be a part of this together. I want to bring a message to us this morning that I believe is quite special. Uh, I would call it my life message. It's very close to my heart. I want to uh, talk about the presence of God. Uh, you know, our world has come to a pause uh, it's come to a standstill, and I believe this is actually, we're living in the greatest time where we can enter in and grow in the presence of God. Uh, every person that God used in Scripture of, of significance was someone who was isolated in the presence of God. Not just isolated, uh, but isolated in the presence of God. And I know during this time we can study or get skills or, you know, watch videos or make videos or create content but the greatest thing you can do during this time is to withdraw into the presence of God and that's why I think this topic this morning is going to be quite powerful but before we uh, we're going to have a time of really activating and seeing God move even in your home and I believe that this morning is going to be quite powerful I believe that you're going to send the tangible presence of God but before we go there uh, I want to sort of build a foundation on the presence of God because sometimes in some circles when we talk about the presence people sort of go uh, what do you mean by the presence of God was there was wasn't the presence of God there before because the Bible says he will never leave us nor forsake us so if you're telling me that the presence of God came you're telling me that God hadn't turned up before uh, you know and so we've got scriptures that tell us that God's presence is always there but yet we know at the same time that in the Garden of Eden when Adam sinned the Bible says that he fled from the presence of God Adam's son Cain fled from the presence of God. Uh, but again, in Psalm 139, David says, where can I go from your presence? If I'm here on earth, your presence is there. If I go to heaven, that's where your home is. If I go down to Hades, your presence is there. So your presence is everywhere. Yet we know that that same presence was what led the children of Israel into the promised land. That same presence was what God promised them on the day of Pentecost. And I think the issue is that it's not either or. I believe there are different variances to the presence of God. And there are two types of what I call the presence of God. The first one is the omnipresence. And what that means is the word omni means all of the universe. All of the universe. And that omnipresence is, is God's promise to us. That's God's assurance to us. Uh, that presence has been in our lives, has been in your lives, even when you did not know God. That presence was in your life even when you were walking through sin. That presence was in your life when you did not know the reality of God. And that presence is also always in your life. It's a promise to us. But the second kind of presence is what I call the manifest presence. And, and that is the presence that I'm believing is going to come into our homes and come into our Zoom groups. And I believe God's going to do some miracles and God's going to change our perspective when it comes to His presence, the manifest presence. And I believe that is exactly what's going to happen. That manifest presence is what we read about in Acts 10.38 when it says how God anointed Jesus, how Jesus carried a presence and He went around doing good, healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead. That same presence was what led children of Israel, well, it says by a cloud by day, by a pillar of fire by night. That's the same presence. That presence is, where, is, is what takes people People on a journey. I remember the first time I felt that presence and I felt that presence when I was 18. When I was 18 I was already technically in ministry. I was a worship leader. I was doing things in my church and I'd, I had the sense of God's presence but what I sensed at 18 was so tangible. It was literally like this presence that fell on my hands 
and it was it was like a person and and the thing is we know that God is a person but it was for the one, for the first time I felt the person I sensed the person I felt literally like holding a human hand I felt the hand of God let me tell you this presence is different because this presence doesn't give you just a sense of assurance. This presence is not the one that says, oh, God is so good and God is so gracious. See, the omnipresence of God promises you grace, promises you mercy, promises you forgiveness, promises you no condemnation. But the manifest presence of God promises you anointing, promises you dreams, promises you visions, promises you revelation, promises you and reveals to you more than anything the heart of God. You, you, you don't necessarily find the omnipresence shows the, the, the omnipresence shows God's heart for you, but the manifest presence shows you the heart of God. God's heart for you is grace. God's heart for you is loving. God's heart for you is mercy. But the manifest presence of God is you begin to, you begin to hear the things that grieve the heart of God. He says, can you see my people? Can you see my children? You begin to cry, not for yourself, but you literally begin to tear up for the heart of God. And that's what began to happen. I went on a journey where, when I was 18 where I was lingering in the presence of God for no reason. I call it marinating in the presence of God. Let me tell you, when you are in the presence of God, you go in as a cucumber and you come out as a pickle. It's called marinating in the presence of God. There's a transformation that begins to happen. And, and, and that presence, and the thing is, unfortunately, there's many in the church that know Jesus, but do not know His presence. And my prayer during this time more than anything is that, that and even as I'm saying this, I know there's a hunger that's growing in this room, and there's a hunger that's growing on our Zooms right now, where you're saying, I want to know this presence. And can I say, God wants that presence revealed to you. The perfect example to really create a distinct is the relationship that Moses had with God and the relationship that the children of Israel had with God. In fact, there is a scripture in the Bible that talks about it. Psalm 103 verse 7, it says, He made known His ways to Moses and His acts to the children of Israel. It's almost like, I mean, that's like, wow. He, God made His ways known, His manifest presence known to Moses, but His acts known to the children of Israel, His omnipresence known to the children of Israel. I don't want to just know the acts of God. I want to know the ways of God. I want to know the heart of God. I want to know what grieves His heart. I want to know what moves His heart. I want to know what is dear to His heart. I want to walk in a place of intimacy. I want to know Him int intimately. And still today, there are so many of us that are not walking in that. And I want to give a quick paraphrased version of Moses' story. And then we're going to read this epic moment of conversation, a presence conversation that happened between Moses and God. I want to give you the context. Moses was born into a family. The family that he was born in was already in slavery. Uh, that family had traveled there centuries, years before through Joseph and the, and the children of Jacob. They went in there. But unfortunately, the time that Moses was born was not, a, not such a great time. It was a time when the king of the land was jealous of every male child and he was actually commanding for them to be executed upon childbirth. Moses miraculously survives that. Miraculously, if you read the book of Exodus, you'll know these stories. One, two, three, four, five. Miraculously, he finds himself in the king's palace. The king's taking care of him. But, but the thing was, he had the opportunity where his mother was raising him up. And I want you to journey with me because I believe every mom shared the story to their child. And the story was, 
we're in a foreign country, but God has promised us a promised land. And, and, and every child would be like, what's this promised land like? Oh, this land is flowing with milk and honey. Who told you this, mom? Oh, my father told me. Who told daddy this and grandfather told me? Who told grandfather? And it goes back to this man called Abraham. Who, who had a promise from God, who had a dream from God. And every child grew up with the knowledge that they have a God who is promised them a promised land and He is a way maker, He's a miracle worker, He's a promise keeper. And, and, and they've understood that even though they're in captivity, they've known that they grew up that way. And so I can imagine Moses hearing these stories and saying, I don't want to just share the story to my child I want to be a part of delivering the promise. I believe even from a young age, he knew that there was something about him. He was like, why am I growing up in this palace even though I'm a Hebrew boy? And, and, and I can imagine the epitome of their faith was the promised land. Every rabbi, every scribe, every leader was probably talking about the promised land. Their hope was in the promised land. Their hope was that we have a God who will deliver on His promise. And we know as we read the Bible that at the age of 40, he begins to take matters in his own hands and he thinks maybe he's called to be the deliverer. Unfortunately, the strategy that he applied was going to take a bit too long. And unfortunately, he ends up killing another Egyptian person and then runs away into the wilderness. So I want you to imagine from childhood, Moses knew that promised land was the deal. At 40, he tries to deliver the promise. He runs away into the wilderness. And then at 80, he has a God encounter. And God says, the dream that you had is from me, but I'm going to now help that come to pass. He has a God encounter. He goes back into Egypt, delivers the Egyptians, but they're still not yet in the promised land. The Bible goes on to say that they spent another 40 years. So you've got 40 years of being told about the promised land, 40 years trying to make it happen on your own, and then 40 years God helping you. So now in Exodus 33, where we're going to parachute into... Moses is no more 40, 80, he's 120 years old. He's on the brink of the promised land. He's about to enter the promised land. And check out what it says in Exodus chapter 33, verse 1. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Leave this place, you and the people you brought up out of Egypt, and go to the land. There we go. The word is, I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I just want to take a moment and pause there. Because I know there are people that have a promise from God. Let me tell you, you might forget about your promises that you've made to God. But we have a God who never forgets the promises that He's made. Not just to you, but your great-grandfather and your forefather. And then He says in verse 2, so, he's, so this is what God's literally telling Moses. Moses, you've been waiting for this all your life. Now you're about to enter the promised land. But check out what it says in verse 2. In verse 2, God says, I will send an angel before you and drive out, drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Parasites, the Jebusites, the Insecticides. And then he goes on to say in verse 3, go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. But then he says something tragic. He says, but I will not go with you because you are stiff-necked and I might destroy you on the way. I want to take a moment and I want you to think about it. From his childhood, he's dreamt about this. If you, you cannot be a leader like Moses unless you've got a bit of self-determination and ambition. You cannot be a leader like Moses unless you know how you want the last page of your autobiography to look. 
if anything, I know every ounce of Moses would have wanted to enter the promised land. And, 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 and I want to take a moment because I want to contextualize this because for all of us, we have dreamed. Maybe, maybe you've been renting all your life and you're like, one of the dreams God said is we're going to buy a house. Maybe, you know, you're like, you know, uh, oh, God's promised me this and I'm going to get a car. Or I'm going to be married. Or maybe you're, you're like that, that person believing for a baby. It's been 10 years of believing for a baby. That's your promise. And God comes to you and tells you this. God says, I want to be faithful to my promise and I'm going to deliver my promise. And I want you to think about it. Moses waited for this 120 years. But here's the thing. We don't think about someone else that waited. Do you know how, how long God waited for this? Yeah. Theologians say God waited close to 650 years. 650 years. And then God says, but I'm not coming. But I'm not coming. But I want you to see Moses' response. Moses says... In verse 15, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else, now he's the words, what else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? I want to ask us a question. While we are, while all the people on the face of the earth is going through quarantine and COVID-19. What is going to distinguish his people from all the people on the face of the earth? See, to the world, if Moses had gone into the promised land, it would have looked like success. But Moses said, I don't want worldly success. I don't want the success that will make it even look good in my autobiography. If you look at Moses' accomplishment, you know, he finished, but he didn't really fully finish. And, and you would see him as a leader that sort of made it, but did not completely carry them through the transition. But this was offered to him on a globe, golden plate with angel escort service. And he says, I don't want the angels. I don't want even a form of godliness. I need your presence. And you know what is amazing? Just to go back into the story. If you've read the story of Moses and the children of Israel, I want to share a few parallels between the ways of God or the acts of God. Are you an act of God Christian or a way of God Christian? Are you an act? Because the act of God Christian would have taken up the angel deal. If the angels are there, God will catch up. They'll just sing a few more songs and God will turn up. Are you an active God Christian or are you the way of God? God, I don't want to take another. And even as I'm saying this, I feel the conviction of God coming upon me because I wonder even in my own life, in my own ministry, if God said, Alwyn, we will, we'll, you know, I will bless the church. I'll explode the church. I'll bless. He's, he just followed this angel. I, I wonder what I would say because it's so much easier to in this moment say, yeah, I'll follow you. But when we read that place, what is it that Moses tasted that said nothing will satisfy me? Even the promise won't satisfy me. Are you a promise follower or a presence follower? But then here's the other part. If you actually look at the journey of Moses and the children of Israel, you notice one thing. If you, if you, if you haven't read it, you're going to miss this. But if you read it, there's a constant complaining that happens from the Israelites. We remember the onions and the leeks that we ate. We remember the food that we ate. Oh, if we could go back to Egypt. You know what is funny? These slaves grew up in the slums of Egypt. And Moses grew up in the palace of Pharaoh. And not once did he talk about the five-course meal that he had at the palace. 
Because when you encounter the presence of God, no fine dining can be compared. But when you've grown up as a slave, even if God gives you what is required of a son and a daughter, you will still complain about your previous life. You'll complain about your previous job. Because unless you are an understander of the presence of God, unless you understand the manifest presence of God, if you just have an understanding of the omnipresence of God, you will just think that's it. But I want, I want to take a moment because I want to ask us, have you looked back at our lives? And, and if, if there was any person that should be complaining in the wilderness, it was Moses. But he encountered the presence of God. He encountered the face of God. And, and, and here's the other thing. I think sometimes with people, and I'm, I'm careful, I'm, I'm, I've been guilty of this. I think even when it comes to our churches, a lot of people just want us to give them principles. Just, just share principles. So, so for example... People would rather that I give or a person would give or God would give, not even I, but God would give principles on a better marriage, principles on better financial structures, principles on kingdom ministries. But you know what? There is something even more superior than principles and it's called the presence of God. Imagine if we became people that were hungry for the presence of God and said, Am I carrying the presence of God in my marriage? Am I carrying the presence of God in my parenting? Am I carrying the presence of God in my church? Am I carrying the presence of God in my ministry? Am I carrying the presence of God in my workplace? Because here's the thing. What I love what God has done is God has messed, God has allowed this COVID-19 thing to happen and it spun us around. So we don't even have principles anymore. I can't even tell, I can't even teach people how to live a good married life or how to, because everything's out the window. You don't even know what your budget is. You'll know it in three months, what your income is. But when your presence led, it changes everything. And can I say, principles are great, but they come and go and they come and change. But the presence of God is something that we need to consistently pursue. And I want to encourage us right now to be people that'll say, God, I don't want to follow the angel. I don't want to imagine if you're at a place where God says, I will deliver the promise. But, but you know what is amazing? God will deliver His promise despite of the fact that it would hurt His heart. Yeah. And, and, and it shows, it's a testament of the nature of God. But I think people that have an understanding of God's manifest presence has a responsibility now to rise up and go, I don't want to hurt that. I don't want to hurt that heart. Your presence is more significant. Your presence is what matters to me. Your presence is what is more important. You know, when you compare two leaders, when you compare Moses and Joshua, in the eyes of the world, Joshua is more successful. But do you know on the Mount of Transfiguration, it wasn't Joshua who turned up to meet Jesus. It was Moses because there are some places in God that we can only be invited to, not by the success that the world calls success, but by the relationship and the intimacy that we're willing to carry. And I want to encourage us, guys, during this time, I want to plead with you. Let's be people that linger and hunger after the presence of God like nothing else. Let's be people that go after God like nothing else. Let's be people that say, I am hungry for your presence. I'm thirsty for your presence. I'm going after your presence. In fact, we're going to do this right now. I want, I, 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 want, I want you to, by faith, lay your hands on your screen. And I want you to just reach out to God. If you're able to, even if you're not able to lay your hands, if you're able to just put your hands out like this. And right now, you know, I'm just going to pray right now for you. Because even right now as I'm saying this, I sense the presence of God all over me. And Father, right now, Lord, you promise that that when we wait on you, when we hunger after you, when we thirst after you, 
that when we diligently seek you, you will be here, you will be among us. And Lord, I pray for every person watching me right now. I pray in the name of Jesus, that which I have, I give, that which I have, I release. And I release in the name of Jesus, your presence, that same presence that touched me when I was an 18 year old boy. That same presence that's led me through these years. That same presence. Holy Spirit, make yourself real to your people. Make yourself real to your church right now. We're just going to take a second right now. Some of you are going to sense the power of God. Just wait on God right now. Some of you are sensing the tingling presence of God. Some of you are feeling the oil of joy. Some of you are feeling joy, like a joy burst in your soul. Just let God flow right now through you. Some of you are feeling like there's a force pushing you backwards. That's the presence of God. Just be open. Father, release your presence. Release your presence. Release your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to break into few, just a few seconds, a few, or just a minute of worship. And I want you to still maintain that posture of faith. And I want you to still keep those hands up stretched because I believe God's presence is just going to grow. The anointing, the presence of God is just going to lift up. It's just going to grow right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
to say anything just think in your head increase that God just think it just ask God to pour more say God more sensing the power and the presence of God. I believe you've been sensing the power of God. I just want to pray with you quickly. Paul says something to the Corinthian church. He says, your affection has been restricted. I believe there are people watching who wants to love God, but you feel like your affection has been restricted. I'm going to pray for that affection to be, that restriction to be lifted off. Father, right now, I take authority in the spirit realm and I pray for that affection, that barrier Maybe, maybe because of your childhood, maybe because of how you were raised. I, I, I declare right now that that affection would be, that, that restriction would be lifted off, that people could pour their hearts out to you. People could pour their hearts out to you. And Father, I pray right now for, for, for people to just, for the warmth of your spirit to grow boiling in our hearts. Lord, let us, let us plunge into your presence this morning. Let us go deep into your presence. Let there be no restrictions. Let us plunge into your presence this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is changing situations right now in homes. God is changing family situations. God's changing financial situations. Father, we go after your presence this morning. Lord, I pray for every person watching. I pray in the name of Jesus, that same power that raised up Christ from the dead, that is in this room, that's in every room watching right now, in every Zoom meeting right now, on every Facebook Live right now, on every YouTube channel right now. I thank you, God, that you are shifting the atmosphere. I thank you for resurrection power that's coming in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you, God, that miracles are being birthed. But I pray, God, that you would move the heart of that person, the heart of your people to be drawn to you. Lord, we thank you for your presence that's always there with us manifest presence it's an invitation in Jesus name amen 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 well thank you so much thank you so much for watching uh, I believe that God has done something powerful I still sense the power of God uh, but you know what is amazing this this doesn't need to stop right now you don't need just 20 minutes of this teaching you can walk in this this Jesus is in your room Jesus is in your world Jesus is in your car Jesus wherever you go talk to him have that just have an ongoing relationship. Prayer is nothing but conversation. Talk to Him. Tell Him about your anxieties. Tell Him about where you're at and let Him lead you. But you know what? Let's be, let's be the Moses generation. Let's not just be people that follow the acts of God. Let's be people that follow the ways of God. We want you to know we're thinking of you. We're praying for you and we love you. God bless.
perception. In childhood, you've known you've been called for more. In childhood, you know. In childhood, that you've been in different environments that try to fit you and classify you. Even people have compared you in their conversations. Like, you know, like how that person does it. We want you to do it that way. But no, you're different because God's given you a unique spirit. God's put His spirit upon you. Lord, I pray as even, even you've had the, the urges to prophesy lately. You've had the urges, but you're scared. But I pray, God, that the, the prophetic would rise up in her. I pray, God, that she would hear the things that would be the lips of her. Walk out. Step out of faith. Step out of faith. Let the hand of God. Let the hand of God. Let the hand of God. Oh, Ramakase, you're not an isolation, the Lord says. You're not an isolation, you're an incubation. You're an incubation. You're an incubation. You've got to birth something. And you need even healing and help. Obviously, there's breakthrough that you need to get help, but that's going to come. As you lean on me, not lean on, on your own understanding, as you lean on me, there's going to be breakthrough in that area. Don't even worry about it. Don't even think about it. Just lean on me. Just lean on me. Just lean on me. Just lean on me. How is it that a lady this long has not been married? It's because you are so precious in the eyes of God. It's because He is He is your man. He is your father. He is there by your side. He's jealous for you. He's jealous for you. He loves you. He's jealous for you. He says, she's my child. I'm protecting her. I've protected her. I've kept her safe. Uh, I see this vision of a, of, a, of a necklace. I didn't know God wears necklaces. But I see this vision of a necklace with like a pendant. Enjoying that pendant. That's how close you are to His heart. And, 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 and you've been on that you've been on that on that neck for a long time. But the Lord says, now I'm, I'm going to let the pendant hear my heartbeat. I'm going to let the pendant hear my heartbeat. And that's where the prophetic is going to come out. I'm going to let that pendant hear my heartbeat. I'm going to let that pendant hear my heartbeat. So she, so she will know what grieves me and what is close to my heart and how I see people. And you've seen a lot of things in the last few weeks, people and stuff. And you're, you're just hearing the heart of God. You're just sensing the heart of God. You're just hearing heart, God's heart from people. So I just pray that over her right now. Thank you, God. I thank you, God, that you're a provider. I thank you, God, that you are good. Oh, we thank you, God, that this, well, I believe this, this meeting right now will have ripple effects. That we'll talk about years from now. That this, this video will touch around the world. It'll have ripple effects and miracles and healings. And breakthroughs and people that encountered you in their homes. It'll have ripple effects. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for each one of us. I pray, Lord, that each one of us would teach us, Lord, to number our days. Each one of us will number our moments with you, number our times with you. Let us come out of the season more stronger and more intimate than we've ever been before. Lord, I don't want to just look at the encounters I had when I was 14 and 18. I want to look at the encounters at 34 and at 30 and at 25 and 32. I want to pray for new revelation, new encounters. Let us get hungry for you, God. Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this time. Amen. Amen. I want to share something yesterday morning. I nearly cancelled prayer meeting because I woke up and I had such a burden of the world on me. And I don't know where I think.
been dealing with Sally and stuff the day before. But I was fine. I was having fun with my girlfriend that night, colouring hair. But yesterday morning, it was so bad. I was just sitting there, not I say this guy, I wasn't crying like sobbing, I just had tears rolling down my face and I was like, I can't even do this prayer meeting, I can't front up with these people. So I just got, I opened my Bible app and I found, I started Googling worship songs, I know a million, but I just Googled, felt the need to Google and this one came up about Psalm 130 and I'm like, I didn't even know there were a song about that, so I start listening to this, you know, you might, my mind's on this whole new tangent now. And then I thought, oh, I wonder how scripturally true this song is compared to things. So then I start reading Psalm 130, and just gone, bang, this is what I'm trying to say to you. So I got yeah, into prayer meeting. I shared that moment with the people in prayer meeting, and they immediately started praying for me first to get that lifted off of me. And it, as I was being prayed for, God said to me, you don't have the weight of the world. You don't understand the weight of the world. I'm making you feel the weight of the world so you can pray for the weight of the world. And that all came out as Angela was actually praying with me through the screen. I literally laid my hand on the screen. And for this whole time, I just thought it was that I was caught up with Comintura and, you know, Centrelink and, you know, all this garbage. But no, 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 it was actually a feeling that I had to feel because then the prayer that came out of my mouth was so heartfelt. And I actually said to them, don't ever underestimate sharing a bad moment or a, a sad moment because sometimes you need to feel, God needs you to feel it so for you to be truly able to pray for it. Yeah, so then when you were just speaking into my life, things that I'm feeling, like that actually was just affirmation for me that that's exactly what took place yesterday morning because I couldn't understand why it was burning yes. me because I actually didn't feel burdened. Yeah, like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. While I'm feeling this. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool yesterday at the end of the Zoom meeting with all the Zoom hosts. Um, Abby was just sharing with um, with the rest of the crew about how on Sunday just gone, he'd been praying the whole week, um, you know, for the Sunday service and what he felt on his heart was a real burden that people needed to hear about peace. Oh. And um, and he's like, and he, and he thought to himself, you know, Easter's coming up. It'll be a it'll be a message about a resurrection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, but so when but when the message happened, it was almost like it was a prophetic answer to what people were going through in the moment. Yes. Yeah. Just reminded me that you know this isn't just a teaching that you come up with because oh, these are good principles. Good yeah. It's actually, yeah. It's, there's a prophetic edge to actually this is speaking. I, I because you know the the teachings like I've been doing a lot of teachings, but I feel like. No, it's good, but I want to like this time, especially what people need more than just teaching is the presence of God. Like, yeah. there's no, we can't check in on people, we can't see them. They need God and His yeah. presence. That's the only thing that'll keep them going. Yeah. And I was just like, God, how are we going to do this? You know, there's no altar call, there's no, but yeah. I do believe that God, yeah. God's anointing is awesome. Yeah. So. Uh, but I guess what stood out to me the most was like, and you've actually been to this before, but like, do you want to be an acting Christian or do you want to be a way maker yeah. Christian? Just like how you God is. And so, um, yeah, it just goes on to ask, you know, you got to ask this personal question to yourself as well. Like, you know, every Sunday, like, when we get the chance to meet people, like, are we just simply talking about the acts of God? Yeah. Or are we just trying to make a way for these people to see God face to face? Yeah. And so just restructuring and remodeling even church to my mind. So that's awesome. Because, yeah.
powerfully spoke to me and challenged me was when you're talking about the angel because it really yes, was like a guarantee. Like, doesn't yes. matter what you do, the angel yes. after you. But if I come with you, I might kill you on the way. Yeah. But then, you know, so like you could have chosen that security, but yes. he actually would rather go with the uncertainty okay. yes. with, yeah. Yeah. with his yeah. presence. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you said that Moses didn't finish the race. Sorry? You kind of said it like in a way that Moses didn't technically finish yeah. the race. But in a way he did because of his obedience. That's right, that's right. Because to this very day no one knew where he was burning. Yeah, that's Because right. he was taken. Right. And I believe he wouldn't have had that kind of a death if he had gone with the angels. That's exactly right. You know I mean? so, yeah. That's, yeah, that's okay. I think you missed this part. So I was telling about how if you were to compare Joshua and Moses in the eyes of the world, Joshua was more successful. That's heaven's, that's heaven's standard, you know, that's our heaven looks at it, but we're all, and it's tough because it's not choosing between good and bad, it's literally choosing between presence and promise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like good or bad, yeah, I'll first choose God, I'll choose, you know, the goodness of God, yeah. it's not about sin and death, sin and yeah. righteousness yeah. or death and life, it's actually, yeah, so. Yeah.